but I think there's some sort of um, promise to yourself in a way that like if you say you're going to actually do something then do it and then and like not putting pressure on yourself to say yes you're going to do it because it's perfectly okay to be like I, I'm not gonna do this. This just like it scares the shit out of me. It's it's not worth it. You choose exactly. If if you get into the habit of actually doing that thing, I think is a really good uh, good process to be able to take with you for whatever the hell you want to do. Today on Swapping Shoes, I had the pleasure to chat with a Danish beast and a pure example of a superhuman. All his movement portrays the speed, agility, strength and outstanding technique of a Viking descendant. We talked about his current projects, his inner chatter prepping for challenges and a lot more. I hope you enjoyed. This is Swapping Shoes with Oliver Thorpe. Hello Oli, welcome to Swapping Shoes. Hello Louis, thank you. Thank you very much. Cool man. Good to have you here. Good to see your face. Yeah, nice to be here. How's your life going? Um, I'd say my life's going pretty pretty good at the moment. It's, uh, I mean, everything's a little bit uh, chaotic, I, I'd say, with, uh, with the world, way the world is right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think, I'd say I'm probably uh, one of the lucky, luckier ones. Uh, I'm working, uh, working with, with one of my friends doing online uh, coaching stuff. So mm -hmm. Corona doesn't really matter that much with that. And, uh, and we can still be out and train. So, so that's, that's nice. Is the Ascending Strength a project? Yes, exactly. Actually, Corona kind of helps, no? So. Um, I mean... I, I wouldn't be able to say 100%, but I think so, yeah, because uh, like people can't go to gyms and they want uh, some sort of training, so. Okay, are you going to translate it to real training when it's uh, Corona is over or is it only going to be online forever? Uh, like we, we started off uh, wanting to make a sort of a community group sort of thing where we... Um, Tyson and I, the, the guy who I'm, I'm doing it with, we, we wanted to, uh, to have it as like a, just a, an online thing where people from all over the place could, uh, could join in. And it's like, it's, we, we um, provide information, a bit of theory, some like training protocols, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's, I'd say it's more of like a sort of a collaboration. So we want people to share ideas and, and so it's not just kind of us telling everyone, everyone what to do. Uh, so that we're going to keep running uh, online. And then we're also starting up uh, hopefully some workshops and stuff after Corona finishes doing, doing different things. We have, um, Tice is, is doing a, uh, a workshop for the, uh, the Danish dance theater. Uh, and I'm doing a, a bouldering workshop um, next year as well sometime. So, so we're kind of uh, doing a bit of both online and also also in person. So it's not only parkour training. No, it's uh, it's actually mainly sort of uh, physical physical training uh, for for whatever people want, pretty much. Uh, so it's it's it, we have some parkour people there, but we also have some. We have some dancers, we have some like just sort of general movement people. Um, we also, uh, 
we had a we had a boulder as well, but he's uh, busy with his PhD at the moment, so he had to leave us for a little bit. Mm, cool. So you've been climbing a lot also now. Huh? Yes. Like you're gonna give a workshop of bouldering rather than parkour. Curious. Yeah. Well, it's uh, the uh, the Danish National Climbing Federation. They uh, they contacted me and, and wanted me to do a a um, like a dynamic bouldering uh, workshop for. Ooh, nice. For one of their teaching courses. Do you think you have a lot of advantages climbing because of your parkour background? I think um, I definitely have I definitely have quite a few advantages, uh, but also some disadvantages. Um, but but like I think a lot of the a lot of the things that I do quite well, a lot of the climbers are lacking a bit. So I think it's it's like a it's a good mix if I can uh, kind of add some yeah uh i guess some sort of parkour focus um some of the things i've learned from parkour to a climbing perspective which is is really nice because like climbers they're some of them are not that great at falling and also um like just a simple thing that we pretty much tell every parkour person at the like when they start it's like oh if you're doing strides or jumps look at where you're placing your feet which is mm -hmm. something climbers they don't do at all when they're doing like dynamic stuff. They just look directly at the at the hole they're going for. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And they they usually have injuries like not looking where they're gonna land after they finish a boulder, just like looking up if they fall or something. Yeah, and that then they're not expecting well. they crash and they're just like a twist an ankle or something like this. Yeah, I think a lot of climbers, they think, oh, it's, it's like if you're in a gymnastics gym doing flips and stuff. Oh, there's mats. I can't hurt myself. Yeah, yeah. You take it for granted. But also, yeah. uh, this year being busy with, I, I saw two nice projects of yours. One was the yeah. video with you and Nico in Gerlev. Yes. That kind of like went unnoticed uh, on YouTube. Yeah, pretty much. I'm a bit sad that, uh, that it didn't get a more people watching it but yeah that's life i guess it's so good video is really really nice and also on the edge very good this one had more attention i guess yes which is kind of funny i'm not sure why but maybe it's because it was more uh, uh like broad reaching like people that don't understand parkour could sort of easier uh get into it i guess mm-hmm Whereas if like, I mean, Nico and my video, it was just, I mean, it looks nice, I guess, but if you don't really understand parkour, it's like, okay, they're just like swinging on bars and stuff. This is the thing about parkour, isn't it? Like, it seems like the easiest is more appealing to the masses. Like they cannot understand the complexity of movement. <laughs> I think it's the, it's the same as tricking. Right, like I mean, I mean, I kind of get tricking a bit, but like if people are doing like triple and and quad uh, like rotations, I'm just like I don't understand it. It looks cool, but yeah, and your movement and Nico's movement is so so complex on technique that probably a lot of muggles they see what you're doing and they're like they're just jumping from a bar to another. <laughs> yeah, but maybe. if you do parkour and you see what you're doing and all the little techniques and the types of swings and changes of direction and stuff like that, then you can understand how difficult that is. Mm. And that's kind of sad. 
This is the success of Starter explained in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, like their all their vlogs and longer videos where they actually kind of explain what they're doing has been like a really good uh, good way for them to get out. Yeah. Yes, and it's 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 they are translating movement into words and into this personal communication, right? And I think that's pretty much what uh, happened to On the Edge too, because. Uh, also for us, like I was really interested in the video and I really liked it because it it's not only movement, but there's your personal approach, you telling your story, the things that you like the most. And it, it it's really like touching and good to watch. Um, in the beginning, also, you choose this really crazy flip that you do to the water. <laughs> it's <just> insane. <laughs> um, but you directed, yeah, you. you written, you filmed everything? Uh, no. Um... One, well, two of, two of my friends, uh, they uh, got into contact with me and they've, uh, like, they, they uh, make films and they've been doing them for quite a while. And they just asked me if, if I wanted to make a, a, like, a short movie documentary thing for a Nordic Film Festival, which is just a film festival that's uh, uh, every year in, in Denmark. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. So we kind of, we just got together and... And, and figured out sort of what we wanted to, to make like a little movie about. Mm -hmm. um, so it was um, those two that, that filmed um, like most of at least the nice shots. There's some uh, GoPro stuff and, and that that I filmed as well. Also a shout out to uh, Dennis Weibel for the 360 footage from, uh, from BGI Academy. Uh, yeah, Dennis is awesome. Yeah, Dennis is really... If you don't know Dennis, go have a look at the stuff he makes. He does really, really nice filming. Um, yeah, so I just like uh, we we sat down together and and made the the sort of the draft of what the whole thing was going to be with uh, with those two, and they they did all the editing and and stuff. So and then you won an award, so you are now also a awarded uh, film writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, yeah, we won the best urban <laughs> film of the year. I think it was called, which was pretty cool. That's very good. Uh, I hope this uh, gives you more drive to more productions like this and also opportunities, something like this. Yeah, that would be, would be very nice, I think. I, I heard a podcast of you a while ago, actually, like 2018, I heard it. So maybe it was from 2017 with a German guy from Parkour mm. One. Yes. What is his name? I, I could not find this podcast today. Philip. Philip. It was Philip Holzmuller. No, not Holzmuller. Um, okay. Rash with an R. Philip Nash. But there's one bit of this podcast that I really liked. Really, really liked. That you are explaining about your process on committing. Mm. Like when you... The trigger point between you going for a jump and you're not going for it. Can, do you still remember it? Can you explain it again? Um, I mean, I'm assuming that it's, it's, I think it's the same thing I've said for, uh, for a very long time, but, uh, but I think like my, my process is, is something along the lines of like, um, if, if I see a jump, then I sort of ask myself, um, is it something I like, is it something that's actually physically possible? And I mean, then that's sort of kind of like, I'd say relatively easy to judge when you've been doing parkour for, for quite a while. Um, and then, then I sort of ask myself uh, if I want to do it. Then I ask myself, uh, do I 
or sorry, if it's possible, then I ask myself, uh, do I actually want to do it? And if it's like, yeah, okay, then, then I'll actually start looking at it, start prepping it. And I mean, this could be within, I don't know, like a f- like minutes or it could be days, years, uh, looking at something, prepping for it. Uh, and then, and then after I've kind of, I guess I'd say prepped for it, I, I ask myself, okay, am I actually going to do it? And then, then that's like the kind of the turning point where if, uh, if I'm like, no, I don't really feel ready, then I'll just say no. And then I can come back another day or just sort of be like, that's not worth it at all. Um, but if I say yes, then, I mean, obviously this doesn't work all the time, but, but usually then I kind of make some sort of commitment to myself and, and then I, I do the jump. I mean, and that could also take a while as well, but, but I think there's some sort of, um, uh, I guess, I don't know the, the right word, but, but some sort of, um, like, I guess, sort of a promise to yourself in a way that like, if you mm-hmm. say you're going to actually do something, then, then, then do it. And then, and like not putting pressure on yourself to say, yes, you're going to do it. Cause it's perfectly okay to be like, I, I'm not going to do this. This just like, yeah. it scares the shit out of me. It's, it's not worth it. Exactly. But like, I think if, if you say, yes, I'm going to do something, then, then if, if you get into the habit of actually doing that thing, that uh, I think is a really good, like a good process to be able to take with you for whatever the hell you want to do. It seems to me like it's a very pure, honest focusing um, method. Mm. Is it changing through time that this process is not happening so often that you don't need to go through these three stages that sometimes it's just completely natural that you know like this is a challenging thing but i i don't have to go through all these three questions these stages i can just focus see and okay i'm gonna go for it no i don't think i don't think it's actually ever something i've used like every time um it's it's more just sort of like when i kind of Mm -hmm. well i guess i'd say it's not something i use um every time um like consciously I'd, I'd say it's it's more of like a subconscious thing so like when i'm looking back at uh, at a jump i can see like oh okay yeah like this was that part and then i was like there and there so like uh sometimes i i like i do it very consciously and i actually think about it but but a lot of the time it's it's also just like it comes naturally and uh mm-hmm. it's more of a subconscious thing but when looking back on a jump i can I can sort of like see those those uh, different parts in the process. Mm. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. Is uh, you're breaking down your your prep, your mental prep. Cool. All right. So uh, tic tac. So I give you two words. You just have to pick one of them. Two options, and you pick one of them. Yes. You ready? Super ready. All right. So big jam or small groups. Hmm. Wow, that's actually a really hard one, I think. Um, let's go small groups. Playo or strides? Strides. Pizza or pasta? Hmm, pizza. Rails or walls? Rails. Dive Kongs or dash votes? Dive Kongs. Ilabaka or Vorslav? Ilabaka. Tea or coffee? Hmm. Also another really hard one, actually. Um, Let's go tea. Oh, wow. 
I was not expecting that. No, I think it's, I really enjoy coffee, but I also like tea, but I think I drink a lot more tea than I drink coffee, actually. Mm. Uh, but I also put a lot more energy into my coffee than I do my tea. So it's a, uh, it's like a bit of a... Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Tea is also a little bit more broad, right? Because you have all these yeah. different types of teas. You can wander around, be a little bit adventurous. And coffee, it's pretty much either coffee or coffee with milk. Not a lot of mm, options. I am going to have to disagree with you on that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah there's yeah, lots right. of different types of coffee as well. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, your, your favorite type of coffee? Oh, my favorite type of coffee is probably um, like a filter coffee made from, um, from a naturals processed bean. Mm. So specialty, uh, specialty, right? Specialty filtered coffee. Yeah, I guess you could, yeah, you could say that. Like pretty much the, almost like 99% of the coffee I drink is like specialty coffee, which is also why I don't drink that much coffee because it's kind of expensive. <laughs> yeah, I thought, uh, I thought it was a very, Danish parkour community thing to drink coffee because the first time I was there mm. I saw some of your guys coming to a spot I thought it was rail heaven and someone had this perfect latte <laughs> with the latte art on top mm -hmm. I was like whoa how can someone come to a spot with a mug with a perfect latte it's crazy yeah like, I think coffee is a very very Danish uh, at least like the Danish parkour community has sort of uh I guess joked a lot about a uh, Danish way of training, which is just drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about the Danish way of training and coffee, I always thought, man, and I, I want to see if you, if you agree because, because Denmark is a very strong example of this idea. It's quite obvious also that we are very shaped by the spot and our surroundings and the cultural movement um, the history and the other generations, but Denmark has a lot of parkour parks and gyms and schools of movement. You have BGI, Gerlev, Olerup, like, which is crazy. You don't have anywhere else in the road and you have all these parkour parks and Denmark really has this type of movement, this parkour style, a yeah. lot of swings, very technical, difficult stuff that you pretty much can't find on doing them on the street. Mm. You just find this type of challenges on parks. Would you agree that with me? Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I mean, there's, there's not really like that many, uh, sort of street spots where, where you get the sort of, uh, like rail setups that, uh, that we have on parks and, and that sort of thing. So I think, um, I'd, I'd say the sort of the Danish way has been, I mean, it's not like, it's not completely, uh, sort of like divorced from, from like mm -hmm. no, it's street not. parkour, but, but I think, I think we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of our, uh, like the things we've been doing have, have come from, from the fact that we've just had parkour parks for a long time. Like we were one of the first countries that, that like started actually building parkour parks. So we've had a lot of practice swinging and, and doing rail work that, that like a lot of countries just sort of, they caught on quite a bit later than we did. 
do you like training on on parks more than on street spots usually? Mm, not really, but I I think for me like the the people I'm training with matter the most. So it doesn't really matter that much if it's a street spot or a park. Mm -hmm. uh, if if I'm sort of like having a nice training with with people that are motivated, then then I can train on pretty much anything and have a nice session. Mm, that's cool. Um, but I think I mean I I'd probably say that like that yeah I I really enjoy training on parks and maybe it's just because I've done it so much and I'm kind of used to it. But but I really think it's fun because there's. Like pretty much what whatever mood you're in, there's something for you to be able to train. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree, and and it's nice because the Danish parks are really complete. Also, they are not just the bars. You have all these walls and different types. Also, it's not only the same thing, right? Yeah. Because if you open a park in Portugal, for example, you probably would focus more on creating bar setups because that we don't have a lot, but mm. we have a lot of wall spots yeah and denmark really is not good for street spots right <laughs> <laughs> not really i mean we have some that are pretty cool but um but like if you want to go to street spots denmark is not the place you want to go to okay you as a civil engineer what is the reason man <laughs> i think it's i think it's because um because denmark's so flat mm-hmm so we don't we don't like get those ramps and and there's there's like not really i mean most most parkour spots are, are made from some sort of like ramp setup mm -hmm. or like a i don't know like a wall that's blocking access to somewhere and and like denmark is is or at least copenhagen because that's actually a funny thing because if you go to Aarhus, which is uh, like the other one of the other big cities in Copenhagen, they have a lot better street spots than us and a lot more street spots than us in Copenhagen. And uh, Aarhus is very hilly. Uh, so I, I think, um, yeah, I think that actually makes like a big difference. Yeah. And I guess it probably has something to do with just like the type of architecture as well. Like we don't have, uh, we don't have that much like, like, kind of old school uh, i'd say like a communist concrete but uh, that's not the exact uh, word but like i think i think countries but i know what you mean yeah right yeah it's not that brutalist it's like very modern kind of way. no exactly yeah but you have this like this very nice water challenges too because of the modern modern type of uh, architecture yeah that's true we have some we have some cool places with water which is uh, which is quite nice as well actually a, a really nice place like right next to where i moved to which i've uh, jumping i've been jumping on like quite a bit as well um the the one in um in the on the edge movie like where i'm doing strides across uh, like mm -hmm. i don't know hundreds of uh, of beams mm -hmm. there's also like a place a little bit uh, like a few meters uh, beside that where there's where there's some beams that are like spaced a little bit further apart as well so yeah that's really cool. Hey, but talking about architecture and engineering and stuff, never again working in the office? No, right? No. I, I mean, never say never, but if I can <laughs> avoid it, then, uh, then preferably not. How long were you working in an office? Uh, a year and a half. So not, not very long, but I think, 
long enough to find out that uh, and I mean I don't think it's working in enough because I'm actually really good at sitting down in front of a computer for a very long time uh, it's I think it's more of the fact that uh, that I was like doing something for someone who I didn't really care about mm. and because I mean like the actual engineering is is still interesting for me and I, I actually enjoy it but but just like working for someone who I don't really care about doing something I don't really care about. It's just like, it's not very motivating. Was it very difficult for you to make the decision? Did you think a lot or you just kind of went impulsive? Like, no, it just makes sense that I don't have to do what I don't want to be doing. I don't have to listen to society telling me I have to skip, uh, stick with my nine to five job. Um, I think mainly like the second part. I'm quite good at like doing what uh, what I want to do and and I don't really care that much about what other people sort of like what other people think so so like actually dropping the job was mm -hmm. it was I guess a pretty easy decision um, as an engineer it's like it's always like relatively easy to get a new job so it wasn't it wasn't like oh I'm stopping now and then like if if I figure out that doesn't work I'm just fucked like no, that's that's not really what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Denmark has a ridiculously good uh, social security network. So like, I mean, I think I'm a definitely very privileged situation to be able to do that. Um, yeah. But like considering those things, it was it was quite easy for me to. But it's such a smart thing to do. And I hope that most part of the new generation will follow a little bit of your lead, this type of um, mindset that you know, you can train parkour, you can love parkour, but it's really important also to think about the future. Because now, if one day, for some reason, you are sick, demotivated or not motivated mm -hmm. to work with parkour, with movement or with training, you can just say, I'm going to settle down and go back to the thing I studied for five years of your life. Mm -hmm. So it only took you five years to have this backup for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's it's a really nice thing to to have as well to fall back on, and I've also like I've learned a lot that I can use in other like other parts of my life yeah. as well. So, and some of these can you use in, in parkour? Do you use some engineering to figure out your challenges? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But uh, but I did actually like. Um, I did uh, the calculations uh, on uh, street movements scaffolding, like uh, mm -hmm. for the because like they have to be checked under the new uh, the parkour uh, European standard codes. Uh, so at my old job, is I there did, such a thing? Yeah, for parkour. Really? Uh, for parkour structures, there's uh, there's uh, what's called like European uh, norms. There's like uh, standard codes uh, describing sort of like what what has to be what has to be done sort of um, structural stability considerations also um, like heights and that sort of thing. Um, I didn't know there was a parkour thing for this. And who created this? Who is behind that? Oh, I can't actually remember who did it. I know. Um, do you know Miguel Rugo, the guy that's like designed the uh, parkour architect, designed lots of the parks in Denmark. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen a documentary about him. Uh, could be. Yeah, he's uh, he's on the committee that uh, that did it, but I'm not quite sure what uh, like what organization did it. Oh, okay. Oh, but that's quite cool. And did your structure, your scaffolding work? Your calculations were they? 
accurate? Yeah, I mean, it was it was already something that they built, so I just need to like check that it was okay, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and it was. So buy street movement scaffolds; they're good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they they are for sale. You. Yeah, they they are selling them uh, through their website, like the standard uh, scaffolds, which are quite nice. So, what are your upcoming ideas? You just uh, do you have any big project, video, something like this for next year, next summer? Right Training now, a lot. Um, right now, I, I getting in a van and traveling around Europe again. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, we actually still need to sell our van, which is kind of uh, annoying. But um, no, I think that's uh, like maybe maybe shorter trips, but I think the long trip. Uh, That was that was really nice, but it was also like it's nice being being home again. Um, I don't I don't think I have any sort of like big plans yet because I mean who knows what the hell the world's gonna look like in uh, in one month two months. I think when there's some sort of uh, like uh, a handle on the corona situation, then maybe I can start planning something. Um, yeah. But I have I have a like a little uh, video plan with uh, the guys that made on the edge as well. So we'll see if uh, if that ah, cool. if that works out. Bring them on, please. Yeah. And you're gonna go training today? Uh, probably not. Actually, it's uh, raining a lot, and ooh, I mean, cold. Yeah, it's raining and it's cold, and all the gyms and everything are closed. So. Ah, you have lockdown there again. Yeah, yeah, they just started. And how about again. bouldering? Closed. Bouldering gyms. What? Yeah. Oh, that's Pretty much everything's closed. So, uh, so today I'm just going to be working a bit, and mm. maybe do some sort of training uh, at home, do some pull-ups or something. And the, the you and Michelle, you don't want well, Michelle is your girlfriend. If people don't know, you're right? Yes, Michelle, Michelle yes. You don't want to open your like a little put a little wall in your house, a climbing bouldering wall. That could be cool. Chaos wall. That could be very nice, but I don't think we have a uh, enough space, sadly. <laughs> And it's fucking expensive, right? The that too. Yeah. Extra. Yeah. The, I think the hold is probably the most expensive part because like, I mean we could always just like buy some wood and then throw it up. But yeah, no, that would be one day. One day. Parkour gym with climbing gym all together in one spot would be yes. beautiful. All right, Toddy, thank you very much for talking, for sharing some of your ideas. Thank you stuff. for having me. It was very nice. I hope you're gonna have a great day and great week and uh, cool. big hugs to Michelle and to the Danish guys, everyone there. Yes, Michelle also says hi, by the way. <laughs> cool. I see you around. Thank you, man. Yes. All the best. Hopefully in... Uh... Portugal sometime soon. That would be very nice. Maybe here or in like Switzerland, you know, you never know, but we're just gonna meet around. Exactly. <laughs> Ciao man, thank you very much. Have a that great would be day. Awesome. Thank you. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for the company. And the days are really short up here in Europe, but I hope that you are still having great training sessions and you know soon the sun starts to be more up again and we're going to be training a lot Woohoo! yes take care pick it for life stay strong yeah